This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host today, Super Vic Brian, and I am joined by Dead Mouth Five. Okay. Uh, hi, everybody. <laughs> I guess. Whatever. Uh, yo. Otherwise known as David the about the third. And you so much, Brian. <laughs> we have a very special guest. The one, the only veteran game designer, Mike Myler, is joining us. The man himself. For listeners who don't know you, why don't you introduce yourself, Mike? Well, uh, it, it is about eight years now that I've been doing this full time as a freelance RPG designer. I work for a lot of companies. I've worked for Paizo. I've worked for Fantasy Flight. I've worked for uh, technically both Ulysses Spiel and Cubicle 7. I've worked for Peterson Games. A whole bunch of people. Uh, oh. Lately, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a big list. Well, eight years. You know. I think this is the first time you've gone through the whole <laughs> the whole um, pedigree on the podcast. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's starting to get long and impressive. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, lately, it's all been Ian World stuff uh, because uh, we're rolling out level up on October 5th. We'll do so. the full promo at the end, mm-hmm. but give us a short like elevator pitch of what you're working on now. Okay. Uh, well, we've been working on it for over a year uh, with a team of like 30 designers or so, uh, and it's to not quite do what Pathfinder did with 3.5, uh, but to take like 5e and adva- advance its like breadth and depth. So like there's a little bit more crunch, but not very much more, and it's more about like uh, expanding the social pillar and especially the exploration pillar. Uh, like we have a whole chapter on exploration challenges. There's I think 80 of them. Uh, and also combats. There's a full feature list that just goes on and on and on and on. Uh, but yeah, if you want a more advanced 5e game, Level Up is is that game. It's like a dynamic approach to increasing the 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 amount of not necessarily complexity, but um, you can go deeper than you could before. Yes, and it's all backwards compatible as well. Cool. So you could take our fighter class and play like an old fifth edition fighter archetype just fine. Um, although we also have new archetypes for everything, and uh, we're smart about things so like no no races are inherently evil like we got rid of drow we have shadow elves but there we got rid of drow um, oh so you're making some progressive improvements too a lot yes oh, that's uh, cool. I, I feel that is a wise move yeah um, we were like uh it's ridiculous to have one class uh for eastern fantasy um so that's now an adept and it's more about being like reaching your perfect self so like that 
Batman would be a great adept for instance. Um, and then the Paladin is now the Herald, and Ooh, the Barbarian wow. is now the Berserker. Cool. Uh, so the classes change, although it's all the same progression. Like I said, you use the old archetypes. Uh, there's a ton of magic items. We have more magic items than all of like the hardcover official 5e supplements added together. Wow. Uh, yes. And a lot of them are under 150 gold. They're all priced. I don't want to go too long. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we'll talk about it. It's great. Level5e.com. Cool. Check it out. Excited. Um, so this is, um, I just want to point out before we get started, um, patrons will have the privilege of seeing Mike for the very first time on video on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, there, and we always have little bonus content where we hold stuff up and stuff like that. Um, you can find that at patreon.com slash nerd podcast radio. Oh. And, um, today we have a very special topic. Um, this is the first of a two parter, which we are privileged to be joined by Mike on both. Um, um, yes. We're going to be talking about um, ability scores in tabletop role-playing games. Um, this isn't necessarily going to be focused on game mechanics. We're going to have some weird pop culture discussions about who epitomizes different ability scores and stuff like that, too. Um but we're going to focus on the physical scores this episode and the mental scores next episode. But we're also going to talk about other ways that ability scores are used. It's going to be a great conversation. But first, excuse me, uh, but first we're going to play everybody's favorite game. What's nerdy with you? Uh, where we uh, talk about the nerdy things we've done over the past few days. Then we vote uh, featuring Mike Myler's patented widget system. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of the widget system. Widget system is very simple. We each get a number of widgets equal to the number in the group plus one. Um, so uh, you almost always end up with somebody being the winner. The Mike Myler widget system, otherwise known as an easy way to pad time on the podcast. <laughs> it's something easily stolen from the Adventures of Moonchild's RPG, which I did not work on, but it is amazing, and I strongly recommend it. Yes, well, as as you well know, we have a rule here, and the guest goes first. So, Mike, uh, what's nerdy with you, buddy? Well, uh, let me see. Uh, Sunday and... You turned the light off in here. <clears throat> Sunday and uh, Wednesday night, I played For the King, which I've already beaten everything for, but I played Lost Civilization DLC with some friends online. It's the first time I played online with friends. And uh, we got our butts kicked. So then I immediately bought it. And I mean, <laughs> so no, I made, it, I made it a day. I made it a whole day before I bought it. And then I immediately beat it uh, the day after that. <laughs> What's For really the King? King? I'm not for familiar King, with that. Oh, shit. It's so good. It's a computer generator. Um, Peter generated. It's a, a roguelike. Um, so it started as a board game. <laughs> Sorry. Now it's like a roguelike RPG you play through, and it, and it uh, randomly generates everything each time. So it's never quite exactly the same every time you play through it. Uh, there are different campaigns that tweak stuff, and uh, they're like tracked world events on a big timeline that you can sort of affect by going and, and defeating certain temples or this or that. Uh, and then there are various classes that all have their own like tiny little abilities and weapons, and it's 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 a um, it's not a super complex system, but it's very rewarding and uh, it's really fun and it's super cheap. You should check it out, man. For the King, fucking great. My cool. only complaint is it's maximum three player, mm. which, um, um, yeah, right. Uh, that kind of reminds me of like the, the, the Persona series as far as the randomly generated dungeons and all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the dungeons are really simple. It's just like uh, instant events. So like, you know, here's, here's some monsters, here's a trap. Here's your percentage for beating it. And then you get the stuff called focus, uh, which is yeah. you know, like stamina. You burn yeah, it to yeah. increase your probability. Yeah. yeah. It's a good game. It's on Switch. It's on PC. It's on Mac. It's on um, like everything. Um, and I strongly recommend it. It's I, I don't usually like roguelikes, uh, but this is excellent and sold me. So for the king time, I would say it was my, my nerdy. Cool. I, was, I, I was even playing it earlier today. Yeah. So right. David, what's yeah. nerdy with you? Well, um, what's nerdy with me is I have been doing a lot of uh, 
emailing slash sending telegrams to other generals in a civil war campaign that I'm going to be playing out in miniature over the strategic convention coming up. And uh, afterwards at my friend's house, at my friend's house, uh, we're playing, uh, I am unfortunately on the Confederate side. Don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're playing uh, generals in charge of uh, brigades or whole, uh, whole divisions or core, I guess the whole core. And uh, we have to make tactical decisions about where to move and where to fight. And then based on where we are after the end of a movement turn, uh, those forces opposite each other will face off on 15 millimeter miniature battles that we fight out with dice and everything. It's going to be a bigger one than you usually do. It's it's looking like it's going to be an extended campaign. Like this is probably going to take us a couple of years to play out. So is this like, do you do specific, like we're doing the siege of five forks or is it, we are doing the, uh, we're doing the, the, the Tennessee campaign. Okay. Uh, I'm current, I'm playing a uh, uh, Lieutenant General Polk. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, like I said, I'm Confederate, and we are trying to stop the uh, Northern advance into the great state of Tennessee. Cool. Yeah, uh, it's it's fun though because because it's Civil War times. Um, messages only only uh, only travel by speed of telegraph or as fast as someone on a horse can get it somewhere. So if you're adjacent to somewhere that is connected by telegraph, we can send telegraphs to each other in the form of emails that we have to 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 um, send to the GM as well, and we have to form them as if they were telegrams. It's <laughs> it's so cool. It's so much fun. <laughs> Is there a character limit? Um, not not per se, but uh, you have to end every sentence with stop. And uh, it's we're not supposed to go overly long with them because in theory there were there I'm sure there was a character limit, but maybe not for the Civil War generals because I don't think Western Union was charging by the letter for that. <laughs> Well, they probably had like an internal unit, so they wouldn't like tie up lines. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Even if they were using the public lines, who cares? They're the War Department. <laughs> It'd be code too, but that's a whole other. Yeah, and you know we can move we can move stuff around with railroads or road. You know, units equipped with horses have faster rates of movement than those without them. And it so looks it's like it's going to be like... a lot of fun. We just started, so we're gonna come. We're coming up on the first round of battles. So it makes me. It reminds me of like play by post for the. Battle end stuff and then mm -hmm. you do the battles in person exactly That's and the battles really cool. are the battles are done in 15 millimeter scale on a on a five foot by six foot playing field and when you said you might actually beat mike this game you weren't lying <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, pretty nerdy, man. Oh, it's so awesome. It's so much fun. Um, okay. Um, oh, yeah, Brian, how about you? What's what's nerdy with you, my man? Well, I am keeping track. Well, there's there's a few, but um, let's start off with I am tr keeping track. The, the nerdy thing I'm doing right now is I am keeping track of who did what in this game with this, which <laughs> is a leather-bound journal with, an, with like a leather-sculpted pirate face on the front. Oh, very cool. Where'd you get that? I got this in... Gen Con um, in 2012. Oh wow! And um, when you, and it you, was you in just my, found it again, huh? It was in my D and D stuff that I went through at my mom's when I went back to my mom's. Nice. Um, that's awesome. So that segues into the other nerdy thing I did. I um, brought a whole bunch of D and D stuff from. Um, I think I went over that last time though. Yeah, you but did. So when you, so again. when you found the Necronomicon, what did you read out of it? Because. <laughs> Pretty happy what, for a Necronomicon. What would you call? Okay, pun experts. What would you call a pirate Necronomicon? 
It's it's kind of smiling. It's like a <laughs> I don't know, man. Who mm, I don't know. Jolly, Davey Jolly Jones's Yamaton? diary, maybe. <laughs> Davey Jones's diary sounds pretty good. <laughs> um, I got this, and I got an eye patch that had an eye, a similar eye on it, except the eye patch lost all of its elasticity very quickly. Ah, oh. because my head is big. Um. <laughs> And then, um, third thing, um, I got this, which I feel very privileged to have because there were international shipping problems and, um, oh, I should probably say what this is for the people not watching on video. Um, I got a Pathfinder. Nice pandering to the Patreon crowd, Ryan. I got a Pathfinder Secrets of Magic in hardcover, um, the reason why I didn't get this because of the podcast or anything special like that. I'm just a subscriber and subscribers bypass the shipping problems. Uh-huh. Um, so um, I... Yeah, the signatures inside say otherwise, but sure, since Brian. most people don't have it yet, I'm not really going to share any kind of spoiler content. I'll just review, just quick review. Brian, stop showing us the autographs, okay? We get it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have autographs in this from when I was at Gen Con. I took autographs. I used this as my autograph book when I went to Gen Con. <laughs> oh, God. In, in, right. in the Davy Jones diary. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Pathfinder Secrets of Magic is really good. Um, just in a nutshell, the thing I thought was the coolest was in the original, the original, this book releases the Magus class for Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and the original Magus class had the character Celtiel that got made fun of a lot on the forums because, um, he had like nine sets of abs and was a very cheesecake male character. And the Celtiel in this book has all the clothes on. Um, because <laughs> I, I I think that Paizo decided it's a good idea to not objectify any characters. Fair enough. Um, let me let me let me get it. I, I I'm sorry for people who aren't patrons, but I'm gonna I'm gonna show the artwork. Um, if you would like to be able to see the video of this artwork, you can everything. go to Patreon.com/slash/NerdPodcastRadio. Yeah, no no abs to be seen. What's no over? abs to be seen? He no. has all the clothes. <laughs> oh man. So, um, yeah, that's why it's just a hodgepodge of things. I, um, would like to jump into voting now. So Mike, you know how to play who gets your widgets and why for to David. Are you kidding? Like there's no, there's no contest. I would be bad. I would be sad if David awarded his widgets to someone other than himself. Frankly, (laughs) I do declare. I, I will, in fact, award all four to myself. All right. And, and give Brian my negative widget, just because. <laughs> oh, my God. Is there negative widgets now? How, you were here when they were implemented. How do you uh, not remember this? <laughs> and there's there's also giving widgets to people that aren't here. <laughs> yep. There's Ghost also giving, um, giving widgets to... Um, what was... Um, giving widgets to the children of people that are here... <laughs> Um, giving widgets. widgets to the spouses of people instead yes. of yes, uh, giving widgets from people Domestic who aren't widgets. here. What was funny is my wife actually won once. That was great. <laughs> oh, she deserved it too. It was amazing. So, um, I'm going to give all four of my widgets to David. Woo! 
clean sweep. Yeah, the way the negative widgets work is everyone gets one, but if someone uses theirs, no one else can. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. So there's also the Anna Meyer rules where whenever she's on, she just wins. So, yeah, <laughs> but she just consistently does really nerdy things. I know. That's why it's it's the Anna Meyer rules. It's 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 how it works. <laughs> um, she's doing D&D in a castle. So if jealous. they actually do D&D in a castle. I'm so jealous. I know. I've, I've been in castles. I uh, I wouldn't want to stay in a castle. I remember a lot of snakes. <laughs> Maybe it was a place without snakes. I'd stay I was going to say, I presume the castle that you'd be staying in is actually a finished castle. Yeah, it was it's a finished not, castle you know, I was in, man. It oh, was, wow. All right. Yeah, I lived in there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wow. Like, I, it, he was like, this place is rife with snakes. And like, yeah, it was. Shit. I mean, it was cool. No, no, thank you. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be sleeping there. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'll visit. Um, but yeah, wow. if it was like in a, a, a place without snakes, like, yeah, okay. Man, if only you had the strength to rip a snake in half. I mean, I just don't want to have to, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. We are, are we talking about strength? Is that where we starting? Are we starting strength? Up? I was trying to set up a segue, but Brian I, didn't say anything. Well, I'm do it. Speaking of oh, for segues. God damn it, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> in tabletop RPGs, character abilities are presented by um, <sighs> a Six number of different ways. A number of different. Well, I'm not going to hodgepodge. I'm not going to fiddle in into just. D and D and Pathfinder. I'm. I. I basically. Oh, I was going for like a Law and Order joke. I'm sorry. It's, oh no, it was. There, I, I got it. It was six great. Six attributes. <laughs> uh, dun dun. Yeah. Thank you for getting the dun dun in. We can continue. I'm sorry. Okay. I. I. In tabletop RPGs, they represent the abilities of the character using different attributes. Um. Sometimes it's represented as two or three. Um. In Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder, it's represented as six. Strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma are all used to determine what a character can do, um, or what they're, you know, physically capable of and mentally capable of. We're going to talk about the physical ability scores today. Um, Big split before we we do, though. I just want to mention, like, props to Matt Forbeck and the new Marvel RPG, where, like, the attributes are might, agility, resilience, vigilance, ego, and logic. That's awesome. That's amazing. Marvel, that's great. All right, sorry. I, that, that no, that's want to that, that's that. amazing. That was a good move, Matt. I was, I was, I also wanted to bring up that one of my favorite uh, ways to explain the uh, the attributes to people that don't know is the tomato analogy. Oh uh, yes, the bard, right? Yes. You have to say it now because someone was probably. I, I was saying I was going to say we were going to go into it as we were talking and let you continue. But, say I the mean, tomato analogy. Okay. Just say the tomato analogy. Well, you know the, the main six attributes are the first one is strength, and strength is being able to crush a tomato in your hand. Uh, dexterity is being able to dodge a tomato. Uh, constitution is being able to eat a rotten tomato. Uh, intelligence is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Uh, wisdom is knowing that a tomato should not go into a fruit salad. And uh, charisma is being able to sell a tomato-based fruit salad to other people. And then one of the first responses to that was, uh, isn't a uh, tomato-based fruit salad just salsa? And I goes, well, I guess we found the bard. You're muted, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I was supposed to meet myself. 
No, it was good. Yeah, it's always one of my favorite ways to introduce people to the attributes that don't know what they are. People it, have never played D&D before. It's a great way to describe them. Um, so I'm going to start off with asking Mike the first question, which I'm going to throw it for a loop because he's he, he expected us to be talking about mechanics. <laughs> I'm going to say, um, all right, we're going to talk about the physical body scores. We'll start with strengths, but I'm going to ask you, if you can think of any character in fiction or pop culture that was a full strength full on everything's put into strength min max character who do you think of first beowulf ooh uh, yeah. care to elaborate uh beowulf rips off uh not uh, yeah grendel grendel he rips off grendel's arm uh with his bare hands <laughs> grendel's like this big and it's not exact but grendel's basically a troll uh a, a giant like someone way bigger than beowulf and, and all the other warriors in the drinking hall and like he rips the thing's arm off and that's consistent through like every single retelling of beowulf and uh it's one of our oldest myths and uh beowulf wasn't a god or anything he was just a dude who was like crazy strong i think he also put a lot into constitution but uh also strength because like a get ripped ripped the troll's arm off and beat it to death with it. So. Is, now, I saw the movie, that motion capture movie. I, I mean, I read the book in high school. I read the, the epic in high school. Um, but in the movie, I didn't remember this from the epic, but in the movie, he fights Grendel naked. Did that element exist in the in the in any of the retellings or was that just something they did in the movie no no they uh they all got drunk in the meat hall and nobody had their swords or anything and uh, that's when grendel strikes because they were making a big ruckus noise getting drunk in the meat why hall. was he naked uh i mean it's probably doing because they were drunk in the meat <laughs> hall. <I> mean... <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean you have because to he because he dumped his other scores <laughs> <laughs> drop that with didn't score. know any better. <laughs> Why was he naked? Because he dumped wisdom. Because <laughs> they had a fire going and it was hot. I don't know. <laughs> I know in the movie that they, they, he was like, well, Grendel's naked. I'm going to fight him on even ground. But I don't <laughs> believe the epic went that deep. I mean, it also matters which translation of the epic you're looking at, because there are a lot of different translations that have like minor nuances. And the way that they, they show translating stuff in the movies where they're like, oh, this could mean this. Like, it's nothing like that. It's more like one person <laughs> crying as they look at like 13 different references and are like, could be foot, could be dog, could, could be, be snake. a butt joke. Could be snake. Like, yeah, could be snake. It's very viable. Could be snake. This one over here definitely says it could be snake, but I mean, this one says no. And like, it's yeah. So, uh, it, yeah. I mean, like, it's very, very possible that in many of them that he, he specifically says he's naked, but it's probably more about the, the whole spirit of being like unprepared, caught off guard, Grendel being dastardly doing such a thing, and his impressiveness doing it barehanded and uh, maybe buttocks as well. Well, a fight in the mead hall would be like a big deal, too. It wouldn't, you know, that's the place where you have friends fights that's why you don't have swords there yeah yeah. yeah um so your turn to ask david a question uh okay strength related question does it have to be it can be anything it, uh, it could be anything we could jump all over the place yeah it doesn't have to just be strength we're talking about physical attributes okay um hmm sadly do not think to compare it with questions <laughs> and, I, and you can always ask something that's a little bit more um you can ask game designer you want, type I don't care. easier to ask questions too for you you don't have to do the pop culture stuff i just had that oh, ask, crap. Ask, ask me a question bridge in keeper. all I'm not afraid. of the D D movies which character do you think had the highest constitution oh sweet jesus <laughs> 
<laughs> obviously <laughs> not snails. Obviously not Ridley. Uh, I mean, there was that. I mean, your, your turn to answer question. I'm sorry. I oh my god, I don't even remember character names for those movies. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> I'm afraid I can't answer that. I have almost no memory of actually seeing any of those movies. <laughs> They're not horribly memorable. I no, I know, I, I know, I've seen them. I know for a fact I've seen them, but I cannot actively recall anything about. You don't. Them. You don't even remember Damodar. I vaguely. You, I mean, you're I, the guy in two of the movies. He was in okay. Two movies. Then yes, I, I'm so bad with names, man. You don't understand. Oh. The the highest constitution wouldn't that be Elwood? I mean, it was a D and D movie, and dwarves do have a bonus. True. I mean, he's true. got a point. I don't know, Damodar, he, he like rolled around with that thing in his head for quite a while, and he survived for the second movie, which is, says hit points to me. But I mean, I don't know. It's up for, and like, I guess the Barbarian in the Lord of the Darkness, or the, the Book of Wild Darkness one, the third one. Oh god, that's right, there was three of these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's three of them. Yeah. They tried to hide the second one. Like I said, I think I've seen them all once. It's not anything I really remember. <laughs> So unfortunately, that was not a very good question for me because I, I don't really have an answer for you. I'll accept <sighs> Elwood. All right, that works. I will go with Elwood. Final answer. Ding, ding. Yay, I win. Three it's ghost widgets. Oh, God, there's ghost widgets now? Those, those are, the, ones <laughs> <you> <laughs> those are the, the remote widgets. Oh, God, they're ghosts now. No. Well, they're radioactive ones. We should definitely have haunted ones. Uh, they're, we were actually found a way to breed those out. They are no longer radioactive. The, <sighs> they are still an isotope, but they are no longer radioactive. Okay. They're, they're, well, I mean, if you count, if you count Vita rays. You know we don't. If you if you don't count Vita rays, then they're not. <laughs> I mean, it's the last time we experiment with the widgets, implementing them with the super soldier serum. Look, we don't have to lead line box the UPS shipping boxes anymore, okay? <laughs> well, not since we outsourced vibranium through Amelia. Um, I don't. Little known fact about the D and D movie: Tom Baker was in that. Oh my God! Really? Yeah, he played Halvarth the elf. Wow! All um, right. <laughs> I know everybody's like, holy shit. <laughs> well, all right, Brian, I have a all question right. for you. Which do you think is better, the strong, the super strong or the super dexterous? Um, it depends. If you're playing a system that has a dex god system, like Pathfinder 2nd Edition and Pathfinder um, um, Unchained with free finesse damage feats and shit like that, <laughs> I mean, second edition, you can do it at freaking first level. Um, if you're playing a system that has that capability, the dex to damage, I don't know, but does, does 5e have dex to damage for rogues? Uh, uh, yeah. 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 Not yeah. just rogues, anyone who wields a, a finesse weapon. Yeah. Yeah, because you're double dipping. You're getting armor class reflex, you're triple dipping. You're getting armor class reflex saves and damage. It's superior. Also, a whole lot of skills. Yeah. Done yeah. It's absolutely superior. Um, it oh, it, even Pathfinder without Unchained, Pathfinder 1E. Yeah. My, also, what Mutants and Masterminds, like anything. One of my favorite rogues to play is the high 8 rogue. I'll often play a 16 or an 18 hit rogue. Hi, I have all the skills. So, for the listeners who don't play RPGs, I want to just do a quick explanation. Strength is obviously might and strength and lifting things. Yes. Um, I mean, we did the it's analogy. How, with the it's tomato, how big the muscles I want to are. A little bit. Dexterity is nimbleness and agility, um, and the ability to do things like stealth and jump out of the way of fireballs. Spider-Man has a very, very high dexterity. Yes. Mm -hmm. And constitution is 
is hardiness. So Hulk is strength and constitution and Spider-Man is dexterity. I think when I originally learned how to play RPGs, I had to be told what constitution was. I understood what strength and dexterity were, but I was like, what does that mean? It's the judge of how hardy you are, how strong your body is, how resilient you are, how how easily your body fights off infection and poison and disease. So um, I am going to talk a little bit about constitution mechanics, and then I'm going to ask Mike a question. Um, so one of my favorite mechanics was in AD&D 2nd Edition, where if you had a constitution of 20 um, or higher, you regenerated. You actually got a regeneration bonus, and I thought that was really cool. Interesting. Um, um, Mike, what is your favorite um, mechanic from any system involving Ooh. ability scores? Ooh. Uh, any system involving ability score. Uh, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to seem opportunistic, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say how level up does them. <laughs> are you forgetting? We'll talk about that later. Are you forgetting what podcast you on? Feel free to plug your game. <laughs> oh, yeah. By all it's means, like, there's there's like an optional rule in the five E world set where it's like you can use. You know, sometimes you can use other skills than the one that's usually associated. Like use dexterity athletics to do this thing. <clears throat> Uh, and then in level up, it's like, we, it's just however you're interpreting it. So, like, if you can make a good argument for why your character would use your constitution with this skill, then you roll that ability score, even if it's not usually associated with that skill. Um, but I just said I didn't want to be opportunistic. So I'm going to talk about thematic ability scores, which are things I use in all my campaign settings, uh, which, like, we go along the regular six, and it's like how, uh, like, Haitoku and Mist of Akuma is it's roughly analogous to the dark side, right? Uh, so the, the further down you get, um, the more powerful extra abilities you have because of your, your Haitoku score, and then eventually gets too high, you change into, like, a crazy undead, and you lose control of your character and uh, you try to kill the party. That reminds yeah, me a similar. lot of dark side points from, uh, from uh, Star Wars. So I, um, our alternate game is a Star Wars 5e game, and we're using the Star Wars 5e website, which is great. But like this guy wrote almost nothing for the dark side. Like dark yeah, side well, the whole no I, the whole idea was is the dark side was always going to be the bad guys, and you weren't supposed to be the bad guys. Uh, I mean, like I just had a Jedi who I want to you know mess with. So like you know, I don't I don't like the new I don't well, like the new version. Um, personally, oh, I like the, the revised game ones. Oh. The Fantasy Flight ones all right. I'm not a I big. Not I, like I was that. I was more uh, I hated the the uh, the version that replaced uh uh the revised core uh what was it uh star wars d20 i love star wars 20 yeah no the revised core edition was great their 3.5 was was great but then they yeah. they, they replaced it with shit i forget the version name um oh. but it, it, it made everything a fucking use the force check and you could cheese that up to over 20 at level one it was fucking stupid uh, well i mean i, was, I, I just I, I mentioned it because like uh when i realized that there was almost nothing in the dark side stuff in the star wars 5e fan thing uh, yeah. i just pulled the sin score out of book of exalted darkness and i was like okay well this is how we'll do it like you you have a sin score now or i mean a dark side score yeah no, that's good <laughs> yeah. that's good i like it yeah no, it argue. gives you it gives you a real it gives you a real taste of of consequences for your actions if yes. we're talking about star wars edition wars i argue that the d6 version was the best oh, i love the d6 version. the d6 version was amazing <sighs> i know i know there's a lot of love for it, but i'm sorry star wars d20 that's my heart uh d20 was a lot of your con like what? look d20 was a lot of fun don't get me wrong oh, i yeah, loved it was, it was my first i time. loved playing the soldier classes because you could kill force users all day it was amazing i loved playing the technician i that i mean oh yeah it, I think it was the only class I ever played.
played. I liked it so much because I I do that for a living. So it was really yeah. easy to play a tech in <laughs> Star Wars because it was like there really weren't rule. There really weren't any clear cut rules for. No, I want to do this. I want to do this with my computer. Like, all yeah. right, roll, roll your computer's use. They're like forty. It's like, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, 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 one of I my favorite things. To have or, the, I started to have the GM doing things like I want to hack. I want to take control of the turret. Sorry, you need an astromech droid for that. That was that was how he got around it. And okay. I was like, okay, okay, that works because <laughs> there's some good. things you just can't do from a console. Yeah, no, I get that. It's good. It's good. Uh, my my favorite was uh, our GM kept throwing these ridiculously high level dark Jedi at us because we had two Jedi in the party, and my trooper would always just like kick them to the ground and blast them with his heavy repeating blaster, and they just die every time. <laughs> it was I, glorious. I believe it is David's question. Uh, no, I asked you. It's your turn. Oh, you were gonna you were gonna ask Mike. Oh, it's Mike's turn. Ha ha. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's Mike's so, turn. It's I asked Star Mike Wars. that question. Yeah. Sure. What's- Star Wars character do you think has the highest dexterity score? We'll go with just from the movies and other like film series like Mandalorian account. Okay. Um, whatever race Yoda is. <laughs> really? You go with them for Dex? Have you seen him fight? He's in using the, third the force. Movie? He's using the force for that. They're not. He's not jumping under how his is, own power. How is how is that not the same thing? Well, that's what I'm saying. He's replacing his dexterity score with his wisdom score. He's got I, something I that just lets him fling himself around. Okay. 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 Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. It's a it's an ability okay. substitution. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ability okay. substitution. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In that case. Uh, I would have to say one of the ones with the highest uh, dexterity would uh, have to be, um, oh shit, what's his name? Um, the uh, Sebulba, the Doug. Ooh, that's a good choice. That's a he's good probably choice. got at oh, least yeah. an eight. He's probably got at least yeah. an eighteen. Oh, higher than that. Yeah, eighteen, twenty, twenty-two, even twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah, has yeah. some kind of crazy broken game thing where he he has um, plus two per limb or something. Oh, he, it's, it's got, not it, like a force thing either. It's definitely no, it's, just like him. It's just because yeah, he's got four hands. Yeah, that's yeah. that. That would be my my pick for for the. Uh, and yeah, I hate that. Some I hate that movie. He's got some kind of cybernetic implant too. I hate that fucking movie. That's funny. I actually enjoyed it, and I, 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 I thought it was when the when the internet craziness started happening. It surprised me. <laughs> I was like, "But well, we liked it, though." So, uh, racing was like one of the only really good uh, things about that movie. Oh, so, Portman was awesome. The Duel I mean, of the Fates was amazing. Okay, I, I will good argue song. that I will argue that Duel of Fates is one of the finest pieces of musical score ever written and for the a scene film. Is good, but. <laughs> No, the music's better. Yeah, and, the music's better than the And game. There's Always a Bigger Fish was a really cool scene. No, it wasn't. Anything with uh, Jar Jar Banks is Look, anything involving anything involving the cartoon rabbit that stepped in the poopy is the worst <laughs> thing in the world and needs to be obliterated from people's memories. I'm well, sorry well, that movie exists. Okay, so um Jar Jar was obviously a dump character. This question is to both <sighs> of you. What was he good in? Because he did ha- he he was definitely had a high score. What was it? I defy Constitution. I defy that. He took he took a sh- a, a power coupling to the face <laughs> and lived. I say Constitution. I think he probably had the highest con in Star Wars. <laughs> 
I mean, he did come from a species that had to hold their breath for a very long time. So they're they, probably they were already an aquatic, a constitution bonus character. They were an amphibious species. It, it also helps. I mean, he's. He, it also helps that he's a, a high level dark side user. Fuck <laughs> you, Brian. <laughs> oh, I hate you both so much right now. Uh, I don't know why Mike got any hate from that. <laughs> you turn to ask uh, Brian. So uh, I don't want to. No. <laughs> oh man, Brian, have you ever played a character that used strength as a dump stat? Um, yeah, 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 I have. Um, my um my freaking um smart fighter. I I played a a dump stat smart um that was um all int and dex um that ended up freaking um that ended up freaking going into like a crazy multi-class with like urban barbarian and um alchemist interesting i did the Gren. this was pathfinder first edition i did the grenadier alchemist and i used all sorts of bonuses but it was it was like highest score was int second highest score was dex and then I, I think I dumped strength and charisma. I had like an average con. Um, super, super powerful character. <laughs> um, but was, um, was killed in a high level Pathfinder society game. Aww. Um, voluntarily. Ooh, tell that story, please. Um, we were doing that game where you fight the Rune Lord Thrun. Okay. And, um, he beat us. Um, but he didn't kill everybody. He killed a good chunk of everybody. And he offered, um, my character specifically to join him. Um, I was the only one that didn't die, die. Oh, wow. Because I gave up and and joined him at the end. So (laughs) it's a permanent, it's a character that can't be rezzed. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's the only time I've ever had a character die in Pathfinder Society <laughs> that can't be rezzed. But, I mean, the character's wow. not technically dead in my own narrative, but it's a dead character. Nice. Um, he, he like, marked it as not dead but unplayable, like irredeemable evil action. Right. Because, yeah, that's pretty irredeemably evil. But it was a neutral character. Even, even for the Pathfinders, who are usually pretty understanding and forgiving. Um, <laughs> it was a neutral character who worshipped Nathus and was, like, all about knowledge. And I had kind of just for flavor. It was it was supposed to be my kind of take on Hermione Granger if she was a role-playing game character um, that wasn't a wizard. And, nice. um I I played her all the way from the confirmation all the way to like 11th level. Wow. And it great way for a character to retire. Um and she was always talking about how knowledge was the most important thing and she had to learn everything. But when I gave her urban barbarian levels, I manifested her rage as her skin would be covered in runes. And I wasn't trying to make a connection to the Rune Lords at all, but that's what Thrun looks like. He's covered in runes. Uh-huh. Okay, I get it. So now. it yeah. He so went, Oh, you wanna you wanna come her. work with me? He took interest in her from the beginning of combat nice. and kept on ignoring her and targeting other people. It was That's funny. Yeah, this was a game run by Eric Britton, and he it was the only game I've ever seen a GM run where he TPK'd the party and left everyone happy at the end. Oh, that's Nobody so cool. was unhappy. Um, the only thing that sucked about that game is we had someone playing a joke character in a high-level game. Uh, 
Um, the joke character was pretty funny. I mean, it was a it was a barbarian based on Hulk Hogan that rode on a rhinoceros. I know exactly who you're talking about. And I know I've played with this character before too. I know the guy, exactly who goes, you're talking about. And he goes, and here's a picture of my rhinoceros, and he holds up a picture of Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny oh yeah brother yeah <laughs> oh i know exactly who you're talking about holy shit yeah i i played with him at gen con <laughs> um so okay um ability scores um okay i'm gonna stick with the i i like your idea of picking characters with different abilities um from different franchises so let's do marvel universe um I'm going to exclude the Hulk from any of these because, I mean, the only one he didn't really cover is Dexterity, but he has a pretty high Dexterity, too. Um, so I'm going to say, um, excluding the Hulk, who has the highest constitution in the MCU. Um, so my first... Heroes. My, heroes, too. Okay. All right. So my first impulse would be Thing, but that's actually bad because Thing can suffocate pretty quickly. He's also not in the MCU. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Just the movies. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, okay. Just Heroes of Abominations out. Uh, who else do we see in the movies? It's kind of easy to figure out when you're talking about comics because they actually have power rankings. Yeah. Uh, we don't, do we count Netflix in the MCU or no? Um, no, just Disney Plus, which I, I do think Daredevil's probably going to show up in Spider-Man No Way Home, but... Didn't She-Hulk have a Disney Plus show? Not yet, but she's going to. You can count her if you want. I, w I will, because She-Hulk will be the winner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't know. We don't know how they're going to... I'm excited I, for the She-Hulk, because, like, she's I one mean, of the fourth it, wall characters. If and, we're going to uh, talk about upcoming characters, though, I think Kamala Khan probably has a higher con than She-Hulk. Oh, I haven't. I, I she. I haven't. I, I have not read any. Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. That's right. Not Captain. Well, she Marvel. has like um, Mister like Fantastic type and... powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're the not. Flatman too. Yeah. They're not described as stretchy powers. They're they're um they're described as embiggen because most of the time it looks like it's stretching, but it's like selective enlarging. Okay. Where if cool. she, unlike Mr. Fantastic, if she enlarges her hand to be super big, it's also um, that strong, too. Okay. But it's like distribution of mass. It's an interesting thing. It's it's different, but very, very similar to, like, Flatman and Mr. Fantastic and stuff like that. All right. All right. Uh, all right. You could ask anyone a question now. Round Robin's out the window. Uh, if you had to choose to have, like, the highest possible strength, dexterity, or constitution, which would you choose, and why? Oh, I think I'm really relatively well-rounded. I mean, this particular era of constitution would come real in handy. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I would I would be very tempted to take strength or dexterity, but A, I know strength requires way too much upkeep than I'm possibly ever going to be interested in. And which, which game system are we talking about? Uh, I mean, most of the D20s use the same six. So, I mean, you know, means masterminds if you want to carve that. That was the joke. All right. Um, yeah, it's like Shadowrun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right, what's your what's your special what's your special scores in Shadowrun? It would be body. Yeah, it would be body. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I will put all my karma in body. In the um, in the Steam Shadowrun games, I've done that. Body's actually pretty cool because it, it's your cyber affinity. So, you know, if technology is raising and cyber stuff is something that might happen with the potential of rejections, con. I'm thinking con. Yeah. Also, in, in reality, con probably complements things like strength and stuff because you have a higher pain threshold. Mm. And you're just going to live long. Yeah. That's I mean, why I would go with con. And your quality of life would probably be higher mm. than if you, you won't went. cough up anyone anywhere near as much blood as your average villager although let me <laughs> let me say this uh bruno san martino passed away recently which is chitty but uh he was like a, a wrestler guy like professional dude he got kicked out of the wwe because he like refused to throw a match anyway awesome 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 guy and he was like in his 70s still jogging and shit with like staples in his his back like with recent surgery so like there is i i may be being unfair to strength like because if you do keep it up apparently it, it turns you into like a tank until the gas runs out so i think strength is something that helps you live longer than any of the other ones because uh, like my mom well, i don't my know my mom I mean... is in my mom just turned 71 and she's in better shape than most people i know that are half her age i mean to use the tank analogy though yeah if it runs out of gas you're screwed <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter how beefy the armor is <laughs> and if you don't have the flexibility that dexterity gives you, you won't be able to traverse your turret. You, you have yeah, you won't you have get joint problems. Life, yeah. Um was it um Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh take this into real life. Arnold Schwarzenegger talks about how he thinks it's strength fo- your your main things you need to focus on are strength focusing on the core first, followed by flexibility, and then a diet. Yeah, so that sounds right. Strength, Do it. He goes strength Dexcon. Yeah. Um that's right. I are so you're probably more familiar with um multiple game systems. Are there any systems that break it down to the point where you have like core strength and upper body and lower body? Not that I know of. I mean, almost certainly there are. There are so many different RPGs at I this think point. Twilight like, 2000 did it. Maybe I'm sure like Luchador type games might have stuff like that. I mean, on what sort of? I remember there was a there was a mech piloting game where you had to figure out how many hit points each individual panel on your mech had. Oh, Battle Mech. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I played it. That yeah, was it was fun. That was fun. I will admit that was kind of fun. There was a cathartic, <laughs> soothing quality to it for some reason. <laughs> Scorpion all the way. Yeah. I don't know. I was a, always, always a fan of uh, 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 no, it was BattleTech and uh, uh, playing good old Inner, inner Sphere. We used to go to, um, I don't remember what it was, Virtual World in Costa Mesa. Okay. And play the Battletech on the big, the the virtual reality machines. But I mean, this was all the way back all in the All the ones 90s they drag out those. for like uh, Gen Con and... Uh, yeah, those yeah. big, those nice yeah, rings. Yeah, I always try yeah. to do those at least once every... Yeah, those are fun. They, I always lose horribly. Oh, they yeah. used to have a franchise of them, and they, they were only in a few different states, but there was one in Costa Mesa that was just down the street from this place we used to go to a magic tournament at and it was awesome you go with all your friends and i mean they moved it was freaking cool and i i know they still have those and i know virtual reality's got even better i know they have like um that star wars experience it, you saw the birdly thing right hmm? the, the birdly video yeah yeah when we were talking about um when we were talking about virtual reality and you showed the video of the so you lay down cool. on that thing and they they put it's a at fan. the P- pittsburgh aviary if you oh, wow, are, that's cool. anybody's ever in pittsburgh yeah, yeah. 
I am on the opposite coast. Oh. I have to say, if I if I ever get a virtual reality system, I would probably want to invest in that. That sounds. <laughs> oh, I looked into it because I, I started making like plans for like getting one and like rolling it around in the back of like a probably a moving <laughs> van. Nice. To do like corporate events and stuff like that. Nice. Um, but then my career started doing better. <laughs> Back burner that bad boy for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice to have, but then also finding out the Pittsburgh Aviary had one, I was like, uh. So I'm going to ask David the same question Physical ability score, what's your, in real life, what's your focus and why? Well, that's not the question I asked. Oh. I asked if you could pick one to be the max. Which yeah, one yeah. Would you pick? yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. I'd have to say, I mean, I know personally that I've got an above average strength and an above average constitution, but my dexterity is a little on the low side. <laughs> uh, I feel that. I mean, just being the size I am, I am stronger than a lot of people. <laughs> it is kind of nice to be strong. I don't like how uh, him, I hit my head when I go into some cars and stuff. Mm. Like the side effects of strength and like what's required, like leverage and being tall. Like, I'm not not a fan. Yeah, not a fan of hitting my head on things. Yeah, I'm, I'm not barely. I'm like just above six feet. So mm. if you're any, are you like any higher than that? Like I, I'm six. I'm six two. So yeah, yeah I, no, I get dude. you. <laughs> I watched my dad. I think he's like six three, and it's just like watching him get into a car is a process. Oh yeah, it you know? can be, especially the smaller cars. It's one of the things that whenever thing I'm, whenever like I'm, this. whenever I'm considering a vehicle for my own purposes, I definitely have to make sure I actually fit inside of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dexterity is a weird thing. Um, how would you describe this in game stats? So I have actually really good hand-eye coordination. I can juggle. I can. Um, you have a you have a decent dexterity skill and some skill in sleight of hand. Well, yeah, but listen to this though. So. I can juggle. I can do really good balancing. Like, objectively, I should have a really good dex. I have a reputation for being clumsy. Well, you know what? Every now and then, everybody rolls a one sometimes, man. I mean, yeah, and it could be that there are way more <laughs> modifiers on rolls than you're, you're I have a misfortune for. effect, a permanent exactly. misfortune effect. <laughs> you could just be distracted when other people are around. You could be self-conscious when other people are around. I'm sure you could just tag up, like, ten different things that could be given. So, so yeah. in, in game terms, it's... Um, in game terms, it's you've a got disadvantage. You've got disadvantage on yeah, on your dexterity yeah, checks for some reason. And there's there's like a wisdom drop, and then but in reality, it's just ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I think that's I, I think that's a great way to describe it. <laughs> now that we I, we were just talking about it because I went hiking with Erica and she kept on telling me, "Be careful, be careful, be careful! You're clumsy." And I'm like, "I'm really not." <laughs> <laughs> and they both fell. And I oh, didn't. that's funny. <laughs> Well, I'm like really good at running at this point and Steph can't like beat you up with me and she doesn't want to go on like trails and stuff, but I was taking the dogs on trail and then we're like at the end of the second mile and I've gone on this trail a lot of times, but I've never gone quite this way. And I thought I saw like a dead bird on the trail in front of me and I was like, oh no, I don't want Pepper to get this in her mouth. So I like went to swiftly kick it like it was a soccer ball, get like a good distance on it. It was Completely the top whiff. of a boulder. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I just Ooh. like, I thought I broke my toe at this point. I think I just stepped it very badly. Ooh. I wrapped it up for like two months or oh like jesus that. yeah so well i mean if it hasn't fallen off by now you should be all right yeah uh, no no, I no, hope no it's no. all right i know you like to run like i hope right. you don't that i that don't like to run no my dogs <laughs> like to run but so. you is that really what it is because you've been you've been consistently running for a while now 
It's also that my my wife does not want me to be a certain shape, so she makes me exercise. And oh, now okay. it's the dogs just like desperately want to do it, and they wake me up at dawn every day, and it's like hard to say no to the dog. I'm the opposite. I really, really, really like to run, um, but my doctor tells me I can't. Man, I feel called out now. Sucks. <laughs> I um I'm actually in Look, the process of getting If it's more than a block away, I'll drive. I don't give a no, fuck. Man, I got like uh by the time I get back I have to like wring out my shirt on the porch and even then I gotta like wash it again and wring it out. I mean, it's it's just like a horrible process. The whole thing yeah. is just, like a fifty See, minutes of I, I went to my buddy's house and like, oh we could just walk it. It's like two blocks away. Forty five minutes later we get there. I'm like, fuck you, next time I would I would have just driven. Yeah. You know, you know, Mike, I gotta tell you, while you're as young as you are in Enjoy it because I I'm to the point where I go get my physical and they're like, don't do any super crazy activity. They're like, oh, be careful because your joints are going to fall off. <laughs> I, I got I got knee braces because like, yeah, I started feeling my knees and I was like, OK, well, this isn't a play around time. So I got a heavy ass duty one with like big metal things on the side and then one just elastic one. And then depending on which one I'm feeling for the day, it'll switch knees on who gets priority. So like, I'm yeah. starting to have the hip problems. So oh. I'm, I'm working on lower body strength because and this is from always skipping leg day well uh in in positive note uh i've lost a total of 53 pounds congratulations congratulations man Awesome. I mean, it doesn't look like it, but I can actually wear my shirts that are a size smaller than the ones I was wearing again. So yay! You're you're um you're almost you're almost to. This isn't a dig. This is just me comparing it to game stuff. I just want to make that very clear. Mm. You're almost to the point where you have bought off that flaw you got in early character creation. <laughs> yeah, paying off the Shadowrun flaw. <laughs> yes, it's called it's called Twinkies and Donuts. I started saying it, then I'm like, wait a second, that sounds like a dig. No, it's not. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know who's asking. Oh, Uh, it's me. Uh, Right. So, um, um, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, So much like my tomato analogy earlier, how do you introduce the statistics system to people that have never seen it before? Uh, I mean, I just. I just explain it pretty quickly. Most people grasp on the idea that you like rate a person in a certain number of ways. It's not. It's 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 rarely the first time that people see it now because video games are ubiquitous. Right? Fair enough. So I'm almost never the person introducing it. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll answer the question too. Um, yes, I please. I think I rattle them off. I think I go. Strength is strength. <laughs> Dexterity is like agility, and so strength is melee weapons. Dexterity is ranged weapons, and then your and then constitution is your health and how much hits you can take it it gives you health point bonuses that that's basically it to limit it to the physical ability scores it's just they're they're kind of easy to understand except for constitution because most people don't know that word i mean i see it in literature all the time now (laughs) (laughs) true true i spent like so much time in the library because like they just sent me to the office and the office would be like not again go next door we'll get you <laughs> and like the the librarian from my elementary school like showed up to my graduation party oh wow i spent so much time there so like i definitely knew what the word constitution was and like it's just so crazy because like did you not have to read a bunch of world war ii adventure books because you ran out of dinosaur books and you ran out of the other books and the books about the sports teams and the other books like <laughs> what yeah it's so weird to me like uh nobody else read a whole library am i the only person that did that okay it's all good never mind me thank you <laughs> 
when mm. you were when you were um when you were like middle school age, what was your favorite section in the library? Well, by the time I was in middle school, uh, they they had decent computers by that point, so the computer station for sure. Because like, all yeah, right, I, I have to ask, what what year was this? Oh, uh, okay. So what years would I have been in middle school? Like what, ten to twelve? Is that right? No, middle school is like uh, ten to twelve. Uh, uh, 11 like, to 13 like oh 90- age wise yeah yeah. yeah 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 so like 96 98 something like that oh, okay so we're about the same age length that's about when i was going through middle school so okay yeah man. yeah I mean, like, they weren't amazing computers but they were yeah. computers yeah like, they had they had windows on them they, yeah and then have, once, once i got to high school computers the in the library in my town until after i graduated high school well oh. you grew up in the sticks what do you want i also graduated high school in 97 uh, <laughs> yeah you're also old <laughs> I, I I'm all thinking about it. Like when I was in middle school, my favorite part of the library was um was the reference section. Um, I mean, we had Apple twos in elementary school. Well, I used to we got to love... high school, we were in a help desk, so I had like a little room I'd sit yeah. in during lunch. Nice. And we just loaded up ROMs, and like every single computer had the Quake demo oh, yeah. on it. Oh yeah. So like anytime you top it on the computer, and there'd be people playing Quake. Uh, my science teacher, I had her for two years, uh, was cool and didn't care what we did at lunch. So we'd go in there, and then someone brought Half Life and loaded it onto the computer. We'd go in there and play Half Life at lunch. When when I was in high school, my computer usage was I had a teacher who had a computer in his classroom, and he would let me come in there on my lunch and play Doom. Nice. Oh, nice. And uh, I, I felt I, so privileged because no other student was allowed to do that. Well, quick shout out for K-Dog, the computer teacher at the high school who was totally only the computer teacher because nobody else would do it. And he wanted to be like a football coach for the middle school team. Nice. So this guy did not know anything about computers. At one point, we took a screenshot of his desktop and then moved everything off of it. It's <laughs> back on. <laughs> Ten minutes on there for wake all the time. And the technician ran the tech club and so as soon as he walked in he saw me there, he was like, No, Mike, what'd you do? Like, what'd you do? And I was like, it took him like one minute and he was like, There, it's fixed. And another time this kid was just playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like it was clearly Teenage Ninja Turtles off a ROM. It couldn't have been anything else. And K Dog walks up, he's like, What are you doing? And Jay was like, I have no idea. I was just doing my assignment and this dumbass got it. I can't I can't express to you how poorly suited this man was to teach this class. Oh my god. Yeah, oh, the amount of the amount of fucks he gave were zero. Uh, yeah, yeah. G- yeah. Gaze upon the field where I grow thine fucks and see that it is barren. It's like everybody knew more than him, and it was just, oh my god. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's glorious. To combine the tangent into a topic, when I was in high school, I had a teacher who was a max strength character. Um, he had, this is a bit of a tragic story, um, but he was in a car wreck and he lost his family. Um, and the only reasons he survived the wreck is because he was a power lifter. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Broke his back. Damn. Um, but, um, best teacher, one of the best teachers I've ever had. I would have failed high school if he hadn't taken interest in me. I think I've brought it up. I'm not going to shout out his name though, because of the tragic story, but, um, it was, um, he was, he was huge. He, he, he had like the biggest chest I've ever seen. Um, and he was a world history teacher. So no one would ever ask him if he lifted. Gotcha. Yeah. He was great. He used to, if, if a student was falling asleep in the class, he would come 
come up right next to their desk and just slam a yardstick into the desk as hard as he could while screaming <laughs> their name. God damn it, fuck up. <laughs> also, just to be clear, I absolutely despise K Dog and once ate one of his tests in front of him instead wow. of taking it. Wow. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> Damn, all right. Shit. It was a pretty it was a pretty awesome movie. <laughs> oh. Yeah, K Dog. Wow. Yeah, I remember. I remember elementary school sitting in the computer lab instead of doing my typing program, playing Organ Trail because I knew where the I knew where the discs were oh, kept. Yeah, the typing thing that was hilarious. Davis B <laughs> teaches <laughs> typing. Two days or something. Oh, it was man. like okay, yeah, you can do whatever you want. I was like, all right, so I'm gonna play this game. He's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, if you want to help somebody, go for it. <laughs> my teacher was like, all right, we're going to the computer. Lab. You're going to the computer lab. I'm gonna go smoke. I'll see you guys in half an hour. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, talking about pop culture and body scores, I want to know, um, Mike, are you up on Spider-Man comic-wise? Mm, unfortunately not, no. Spider-Man. I do have a Spider-Man suit, though. Oh, wow. It's like a suit jacket, but it's patterned oh, with okay. Spider-Man. It's amazing. <laughs> Sexy. It, yeah, honestly, my wife was like, I, I'm not going to wear be around you when you wear that. And then she saw me put it on. She was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> nice. Like, yeah. Nice. I, when you first said it, I was like, please be a morph suit. Please be a morph suit. <laughs> no, no, no. No. Um, so my question is, is Spider-Man a really high dex character or is it mostly Spidey sense? Oh, it's both. I mean, he's also absurdly strong too. Uh, no, he can like lift a car. He I can mean, lift ten who tons. You have writing it. See, According it to the power rankings, he can lift eight to ten tons. Yeah, that's 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 new. It used to be he could lift a car, which is I think max like six. But I guess you're talking about big things, and and it just scales up over time. But yeah, yeah, uh, he's he's definitely got a very high dexterity, regardless of spider sense. Because even when he's deprived of the spider sense, he's still got a crazy high dexterity. In the Superior Spider-Man run, when um Doc Ock took over his body. Um, Doc Ock punched Scorpion and punched his jaw clean off and was like, holy shit, he's been holding his punches back this whole time. <laughs> it's like he could easily have killed me any time we fought. But he yeah. didn't want you to die, so he's been holding back. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to get back into it. I need to. If you have any good Spider-Man trade paperbacks you think I should hit up that have come out in the last, like, uh, from issues in the last, like, I don't know, like, eight or nine years. I, I can't recommend a good trade, but I can recommend a good novel. Um, uh, uh, Jim Butcher wrote a good Spider-Man book. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Well, maybe. I did used yeah. to read... Like, that's the first time I read Maximum Carnage is actually the novel. I mean, the voice he used for Spider-Man, uh, and I'm not talking narration, I'm just talking literary voice. The voice he used is very similar to Harry Dresden, because the characters that makes are very sense. similar. As you say, that makes sense. So I can understand Butcher being amazing at it, because it's the, effectively the same character. Because <laughs> Harry's, Harry's ethics and morals are clearly inspired by Spider-Man. But I think segue. That... Have you heard the argument that Spider-Man is a Jewish hero? I've heard it mentioned. I don't know details. Made by Stan Lebowitz. Stanley's real name was Lebowitz. Uh, <laughs> Losing Queens. Uh, his his religion is never really very specifically covered. Like Aunt May is 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 definitely Christian. Yeah. But like his parents that disappeared. Stuff. Who like, knows? And if if his mom was Jewish, which I'm pretty sure it was, but like his dad was the one that was related to Aunt May, and that's that's the line that carries like the actual Jewish. Makes and, it like, makes the sense. Like the dude has to convert to marry into it. That makes so, sense. 
Did they ever say if it, if Aunt May was his dad's sister or was Aunt May a great aunt or like uh or like by marriage or I I never knew that I I know a lot of Spider Man but I'm I've pretty never sure the connection is through the dad not through the mom but I'm not 100 percent on that so I may be wrong I I was one of the people who stopped reading Spider Man because of the clone the clone series the the web of clones yeah I love the, the web of clones the first clone series that they did in the 90s it was really harsh I I. I got through most of it because it was really exciting at first and then his parents came back to life and then they ended up being clones that's when it lost me and I like stopped reading comics altogether because clones everyone's clone there were so many different Spider-Man clones there became like a Spider-Man team of Spider-Man clones you know I'm I'm not gonna lie to segue yet again I'm glad we don't have the Mikey clones anymore they were starting to get a little weird. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, well, I've been working on that. Oh, no. Um, well, we still have the primordial mass of Mikey, and we will we'll probably be doing something with that. I, well, you know, I've been working on, on more content and want to be able to produce a lot of things simultaneously, and, you know, we're, we're definitely in need of a podcast editor. Oh, God. I, I'm just, you know, last time. <laughs> so... Um, I'm, I am trying to refrain from statting us too much because the third episode in this series is going to be us statting us and other people. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about specifics. Um, Mike, I want to ask, what are your gripes about any of the uses of physical ability score? Well, I do not like the tradition of, of tying them down to specific skills. I think generally that, uh, like I've, I've been doing that in my home 5e games for a long time and it's very satisfying. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I've been using that optional rule as just how the game works i think people have played with me and then played with other people and we're surprised that the game doesn't work that way <laughs> it, it, yeah it just it because it, like part of the, like we were talking about before part of the problem is that so much is weighted on dexterity that like it becomes this power stat no matter pretty much whatever d20 system you're talking about <laughs> and um it's hard not to just want to put stuff in dexterity i'm not gonna lie i play a lot of plate wearing characters that dump decks there's ways around it, but like it's like how many how many ways do we really have around it? Oh, well, I always hated how Constitution doesn't have any skill usage, and it's like, all right, you're like doing a research, skill usage. you're like doing no a research pro- project in a library that's going to take days, and you're limiting your sleep to do the resource project research project. Make a knowledge check using Constitution. Exactly, that's I like that. That's that's yeah. really good. Uh, I yeah, like that more idea. Satisfying narratively. Yeah. It works in what your character is actually about and doing. Like it's it's yeah, and you're you're um you're making a um you're making a um acrobatics check while carrying a heavy load. There's all sorts of reasons why you would use a different score. And how when you do it, do you do a combination of the player asking you if they can and you suggesting it at the same time? I mean, it, it, it helps to do the suggesting at first, but once people get used to it, they just start like being like, "Well, can I do it this way?" And it's like, "Yeah, yeah go for it." So just once you get the ball rolling get people thinking like that and like a lot of the reason that it's it's coded into this stuff is like with means and masterminds for instance that's a legacy thing they just have been carrying that around and it's a little easier for them to prioritize other things because superheroes is a wider genre where the mechanics you can be way more flexible in the organized play stuff that you see from pathfinder and to a lesser extent 5e think 5e watsi is very little about organized play but very little a lot about or oh yeah or core business models on it so like they need to have that codified structure that like holds up between tables and that like informs some of the game design between pathfinder 1e and pathfinder 2 i've seen it in modules on occasion a module even in 
in yeah. organized play, on occasion, they'll be like, make this check using a different score. Um, modules will bend the rules all the time. And yes. because it's in a module, you totally can. And like, and like David famously and... says as a GM, when a player goes, but it doesn't work that way in the rules. <laughs> yeah, weird, weird, isn't, isn't it? it? <laughs> <laughs> That's weird, isn't it? <laughs> but they don't suck blood. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> good response um, it just it, it it gets them away from the idea of well that's not what it says in the book it's like who says i'm going by what's in the book let's I, dance bitch <laughs> i think the best name for that particular house rule is um context-based skills yeah it's a good that's a great name for it pathfinder second edition use uses context-based initiative yeah based on what you were doing when combat started it's an that interesting system we have for level up actually yeah yeah that's nice I, I there are some things about second ed i do like i just don't like the system overall <laughs> i i want to convert you so bad <laughs> Because you think, are you I, are more than welcome to I, try. I mean, I, I will really play in think, games. I just have not had a good experience yet. I so. really think most of your problems are with character creation. That is a big part of it. Yes, I'm not going to yeah. lie. The other I, part of it is is the game experiences I've had have not been very fulfilling. So. I think the game is a little bit too tuned for balance, and there's GM ways to get around that. Um, but I do really, really like the system. I love the three well, action. I'll tell you what. But when you want to get me, when you want to invite me to one of your games, I'll come play. I just, so far, I am open to playing it again. Don't get me wrong. I just, I have yet to have a good experience with it. So I will do that. I'll, I'll schedule a one-off because we've been needing to It do doesn't that. even have to be a one-off. If it's a good game, I'll keep playing. I'm, okay. I'm... <laughs> yeah. What's, what's eight games a week, you know, when, uh, <laughs> when you're already playing seven? I'm only in two a week now. It's, oh. it, yeah, it, it, it. It comes and it goes. They tend to the a lot of them tend to start and then stop real quick because people realize they're not as committed to it as they once were. <laughs> I find that the games that last tend to last a long time, and the ones that don't are usually done after three or four sessions. <laughs> you always do session zeros. Generally, I try to, but it doesn't always happen. I've been doing um, session zeros um, using a system that I picked up from um, Spark RPG, where you ask questions about interests of the players and then get a dialogue going and then use that to inspire what the campaign's going to be like. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite media and then why? And then you just write keywords down and then no, that's that good. down. Yeah. What, one of the big problems I have is because I'm a forever GM now, uh, <laughs> Most of the games I end up playing are for friends of mine that have a bunch of people that have never played before but want to play. So I end up uh, having to over-explain setting, and you know they've never played D and D at all before. So I have to completely introduce them to the setting. And after a while, it's like, okay, this is a lot more than they thought it was going to be, and it, they just stop showing up after three or four sessions. So and it's like, well, that game, that game's dead. Moving on. <laughs> So I, I, I want to ask Mike a quick question. What are your feelings about games that scrap ability scores and just integrate it into a skill system like Fate? Uh, I don't know. I did not particularly enjoy playing Fate or um, Power by the Apocalypse either. Uh, I, I, I understand that people really enjoy them and I encourage you to go out and enjoy them. Like the new Avatar is run on Power by the Apocalypse, right? Um, or the Avatar RPG, not the new Avatar. It is a new thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was just never my bag. And I mean, I, 
How about how one we played uh, uh the demolished ones uh Zena Broadway ran it for us and it's and they'd run it like several times before and uh somehow the way I played the game dragged it out it was supposed to be like a two three hour session maybe into like five sessions. <laughs> wow. Uh, if you, yeah. If you have a long drive, I recommend you listen to our playthrough because I think we had a different experience than you did. It was fun. Yeah. It it was I the the improv where everybody had we weren't playing anything pre-published we were just playing something that everyone decided they wanted to play it made a huge difference yeah it was almost free form it was great and the fact that it wasn't going to be any kind of long-term thing was (laughs) liberating and now we all want to keep playing it because it was such a (laughs) wild idea for yes to to go from what our inspirations were to i am too old for this shit spaceship with bears Yeah, we had to, so like, um, occasionally I get called in to do stuff for Ian Publishing that I'm not usually like, you know, in charge of or whatever. So Russ made this, uh, like Morris, this thing called the uh, Ace. It's like uh, action comedy with you for. It's like, you know, play, like, 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 if you want to do like a Ghostbusters set game, play Ace, and like it comes in like a little issue book, like a comic book. So anyway, he wanted us to do like a playthrough. And uh, so we all made characters, and I played a robot named Doorbot who like gained sentience. And his whole thing was like, his only job was, he was based on Butterbot from Rick and Morty, but like for doors. And uh, then, I, yeah, I played him like, like, like Butterbot. And we only played like one session, and it's like you can, you can watch it. It's on like Kickstarter page and stuff. But, like, I really want to play it again because like I really enjoyed playing Doorbot because like, yeah. And it's, um, yeah. And then that was, um, I mean, that still wasn't a very narrative system, though. Yeah, I, I mm. just, I, I just, um, I'm too hard coded into. It's like the first time I played was second edition when I was like, you know, ten, and then all this three zero, and then three five, and then meet some masterminds. It's all D twenty twenty twenty, and even D hundreds. I had, had, I oh, I, what Conan? I played the Conan RPG. Oh, Conan, yeah. I got terrified. I just didn't even want to roll the. Oh man, dice. oh man, that game was so mean. I've never played that before. Oh my god, be great for a horror game. Everything's D one hundreds. See what happens. I, I played Marvel. Very, the original Marvel was D100. Very rarely does anything go good. <laughs> Aberrant. We did for a while. There was a D10. They couldn't. Couldn't. I mean, are you are you a fan of the White Wolf system at all? Yeah. Nah, I wasn't a big fan of White Wolf. I mean, how many dots do you put in humanity? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I'm thinking you, you like to have the crunch to represent things. That's why you like D20. I, I'm a very simulation. Like when I end up running, it's, it's, I, I don't even have a plot. I just like, here's the world. Guys going to do whatever your character's going to do and I will accommodate you. And it's a uh, very intense, involves a lot of work, but like it's, very satisfying because like i feel impartial unfortunately that style of gming doesn't work for every group and i've found groups that that i've tried to do that and it doesn't work yeah, <laughs> they, no, i've I, the one of the groups i have like definitely needs like, the golden railroad tracks because like, the they spot? have yeah they, i i literally have to like spell it out for them and even then half the time they don't understand it's like, oh god just, yeah, just go I, there i, I go know there. exactly <laughs> how you feel i i run for one specific group that it's if i let them do whatever they want they blink at me and I'll stand there for two weeks and go, um, yeah, where are we going? <laughs> We're integrating a new player, and she's like, was like running this huge dungeon and stuff, and like runs a like dungeon con and, and like this whole stuff. And I was like, okay, this person's like, you know, this is good stuff. And she like builds her character very confidently and stuff. And it's she's having that trouble getting into. She's like, well, we just do whatever we want. And they're like, yeah, so like, let's get on the spaceship and go do this thing. <laughs> she's like, wait, 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 wait. But like, where's the like boss? And they're like, we're we're like still alive, so like we're winning. <laughs> like this, this is winning. Like this is called this is called a sandbox. Right this is called a sandbox. 
yeah yeah so she's 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 getting it but yeah yeah it can be a okay. hard transition yeah so we are out of time um we we talked about the um the mikey clone um i am not going to do tales from extra dimensional portal today because um the vat of primordial ooze might be disturbed by activating any of this technology and we don't want to is that where that power drain came from there was a power drain there's been a constant 1.25 gigawatt power drain since like yesterday oh that might just have been because i was talking to doc brown oh okay <laughs> i mean <laughs> great professor <Scott>. green <laughs> great scott <laughs> <laughs> um did you see the Netflix, uh, the movies that made us series or episode on uh, Back to the Future yet? I did. It was pretty good. Yeah, I have it was not. good. I'll have I to mean, look you got to love that. Yeah, oh, it's very worth it. The movies that made us, and they, they talk about the basically having to make the movie twice. No, oh, I will endeavor to look that up. That, that sounds amazing. What's funny is another movie that was like that was Ghostbusters. Yeah. Because they didn't know if they were going to secure the name, so they filmed scenes twice with Ghostbusters and Ghostbreakers. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, so um, this is a part of our show where we let our guest promote what they want to promote. Um, AKA Brian on. runs to the bathroom while someone else talks. No. <laughs> no. I'll be right back. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Uh, what, what, what you got going on? Okay. Well, um, yeah. So levelup5e.com. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, I don't know when this go out, but the playtest documents might already be pulled off the website. Uh, but yeah, we've been playtesting this and designing it for over a year. There's like you know, like 30 people from all over the world picked out from. Um, I think I sent something like 200 rejection emails from all the applicants or to all the applicants rather. Uh, yeah, the hiring process took like a whole month. Yeah, it was a whole, it was a whole thing. Um, <laughs> so I should actually pull up the website and talk about features list because, uh, like I said, it is it's absurdly long. Did does did working on a project like this? Was your process any different during the pandemic? Uh, no, I think people were maybe more available than otherwise they would be. And some people were less so, um, cause like, you know, they take care of kids and then all that. Fair enough. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it was, it was, uh, a little more managing and stuff than I initially anticipated and was quite ready for. Uh, cause like when I did Rampy Codex, I kind of outsourced managing to, uh, Colin Strickland for Trictory stuff. And, um, Michael Allen for Griffith. No, I did Griffith. Yeah. And then Michael McCarthy was doing the uh, Underdark or Forever Dark. Sorry. Nice. And then, um, yeah, Luis Loza was on uh, Urethiel. But um, this time I'm in, I'm just directly in charge of the lead designers and the general designers, which together makes up a whole shitload of people. Um, anyway, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kind, kind of. <laughs> is uh, it really coming in 2021? Really yeah. Like uh, the, wow. a lot of it's been through layout already. Uh, I need to do wow, edits on the layout cool. thing. And we're finishing up the very last copy. Uh, we'll all be finished by the end of this weekend and set up for layout. Um, yeah, it's over, uh, well over 400,000 words. But um, that's what was in the budget. And like that doesn't count a lot of stuff I've written because I'm just like salaried. That's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, wow. a, it's, a, it's a very ambitious, large project. And you that's... should be able to run like an entire game with just the core rulebook. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And there's an equally sized bestiary. Uh, that has been much improved. There's Very a cool. picture of a gunfu monk on the website. Nice. Um, and the art behind me for people looking on Patreon, uh, this is like the spread for the, the front of the cover to the back of the cover. The, the Very nice. Book. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, um, your artwork is so good. Mm-hmm. So where do we start? Uh, 
first of all, it's a, it's a very diverse team. That was why the hiring process took like a month. We, we went out and we really tried very hard to make it not just a bunch of white dudes making this book. Um, <laughs> and we succeeded. Uh, so that's really cool. And that was uh, really fun and, and interesting to see because like it was definitely, uh, uh, you got a lot more perspectives and uh, I think better material than you would otherwise. So I was really happy with that. Um, it's going to be open gaming license so people can produce stuff for it. We already have people on team preparing books to release whenever it comes out. And it will be available as soon as the Kickstarter ends. We will send PDFs to all the backers and we will tell the printer how many books to make and they'll get them the shipping process. So um, all of the in-world Kickstarters are immediate fulfillment. In addition to uh, the core rulebook, there will be a big ass monster book I'll talk about in a second and a starter adventure, which you can just pick up and use immediately. It will tell you all the rules that you need to use it for like journeying and all the extra new stuff from Ace or from Level Up. There's like little sidebar that they own. This is oh, doing now. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you need 5e books? No. Although all of them will work with Level Up. It's backwards compatible. Um, the starter adventure, I think, I don't know, Morris really doesn't like the name. It's called To Stir a Memory because it's the prologue to To Slay a Dragon, which is the first adventure in the Save a Kingdom series. Ooh. Second adventure being uh, To Stake a Vampire and the last adventure to uh, Smite a Fiend. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, those are all out for 5e on the Insider, uh, the Patreon, if you want to get But um, Sir Memory will be, will be brand new, uh, specific phrase. And then there's also going to be a level up version of uh, Mythological Figures and uh, Maleficent Monsters. So if you're into mythology, boom, four books available from the kickoff. Um, you have a very impressive team working on this project. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's one of the, the tabs of things. Should we talk about them briefly? Because I will yeah. happily do that. Uh, yeah, and this isn't even everybody, by the way. So Willie did work in the combat chapter. Melanie did work in a whole bunch of different chapters. Uh, Rich Lescu Flair was lead designer on Feats. Morgan Robbins worked on a number of things, including uh, spending money on stuff other than like uh, magic items. Uh, Lydia Van Hoy did the Herald and a couple other things. Robin Nix did the Wizard, a couple of things. Anthony Lupio did the Ranger and a bunch of stuff. Uh, Tiago Rosa worked on combat maneuvers with me. Um, and then also made the adept. Andrew Engelbright is sort of like my my Mara Jade. He's awesome. Uh, Andrew did a whole bunch of things, especially expanding like the equipment chapter. There's so much more equipment. It's awesome, especially his vehicle system. Uh, nice. Devabrion Jackson was on exploration. He killed it and made a bunch of amazing exploration challenges and other supporting material. Uh, we got to fix that. Zena Broadway did uh, the Berserker and a couple of other things, including magic items. Uh, Leon did exploration with us and something else uh it is four hundred thousand words so forgive me i don't remember quite everything paul paul was our first git actually and uh is because he took everything in the monster manual and he like redid the cr rubric it's on blog of holding i use it whenever i design anything because the rubric chart in the like 5e dungeon master's guide is a big pile of not great uh they don't even really use it they have a different process for internal design on monsters so um <clears throat> We got him because he's just amazing with math. And he had all this. All, uh, yeah. So uh, Paul did all a whole like basically the monster book is Paul's. His name's on the front of the monster book. Um, Morris owns everything. Sarah did armor and weapons and a couple other things. Sarah Bray Fogel. Uh, Josh Gentry did cleric and oh half of the cleric. Melanie Black the other the other half. And then uh, he picked up on the warlock where Amber left off. Amber did the uh, fighter. Uh, Yvonne worked on a whole range of things. Uh, and then Lloyd did the bard, which was our highest. Uh, surveyed class like in terms of like how everything scored bard scored the best in the playtest nice. oh and then cassandra did a whole bunch cassandra mcdonald's for h the whole, whole kind of thing and that's just the lead design team now, there's now more as 
I, I'm going to focus. We're, we're going to be out of time, but I, I wanted to focus on the Bard real quick. Because one of the biggest problems I've had with the 5e Bard is it just feels like another flavor of Spellcaster. How did how did you guys fix that? Well, uh, so the Bard has a couple of things going on. It still has his Bard inspiration. Yeah. But you also get like an art specialty. Ooh. And the way that you cast spells in level up is not quite the same as you do in like uh, 5e. There's not uh, verbal and somatic components. There are scene and vocalized components. Ooh. So there will always be like some gesturing or other movement involved. And there will always be some noise or something involved if it's got these components. But it's not the same thing as speaking. So like you can be more fun with it. Like I was, I was playing a Bard in one of the playtests and like I used a uh, harmonica to cast Thunder Wave, um, which is just way cooler than being like doo, 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 Thunder Wave. Um, <clears throat> so that's like just off the bat, like spell casting is a bit different. So you pick a voice art spe- or an art specialty, which can be like string, visual, percussion, voice, or wind, and those each change the way you cast spells a little Excuse bit, me. grant different bonuses. And then you also get battle hymns uh, that you can like bestow uh, on like quick one round bonuses for uh, different people. And sometimes it's like a thing they can do special, or it's just like a straight mechanic bonus and uh also every class has a ex- well they're no longer called exploration acts now they're all called different things i think the part is the adventuring tricks but it's like um no, sometimes it'll help you in combat for the most part it's like you get some sort of i've been calling them lateral mechanics so like you don't like hit harder or do better persuading people but like you get this special mechanic that lets you um i think one of my favorites is the berserker can just like roll into a tavern and like yell oh i'm looking for a person and like everyone will either look at the person or look at the person who can give them an idea of where the person is looking for is and it's it's a bunch of stuff like that so like the bard gets several of those and they can also cherry pick from other classes at a certain point and um yeah those would be the the main thrust of the new bard i'm really excited i've been excited from the beginning but i'm even more excited now i haven't looked in the website in a while and it looks exciting get the playtest documents now and, they're going away and you guys are releasing electronic books mm-hmm. so uh and uh the Kickstarter, uh, it went up yesterday and it's up to like 2,600 followers. A and very we will make sure to comfortable promote amount. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not does not make me anxious at all. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, we, we already got a robust online tools. I can't show you the website because it's uh, still very much NDA, but there there will be a robust online tool. Um, Pretty cool. Yeah, uh, you don't just pick like a race anymore. Now you pick heritage, which is sort of like your biological thing, and then the way you were raised is your culture, and then your ability score increases come through your background. Um, Okay. And destinies. Oh yeah, destinies. So like now inspiration is tied into your destiny and the more you do stuff that like ties into your destiny, the more often you get inspiration and you also get a special way to use it based on what your destiny is. Uh, oh, the martial class. Yeah, it's basically the warlord. So there's another new class, like an entirely new class. Um, what else? What else? Oh, all the magic items have costs. There's like a real economy. Hmm. We made a real economy. Um, and there's like, I want to say uh, 50 plus different items you can get for less than 150 gold, uh, which makes me so happy because like one of the most horrible things about 5e is like the distribution of magic items or I should say the lack thereof. It's yeah, like you well, never... they wanted to get away from games like Pathfinder that became yeah, magic, magic shopping the game. Yeah, Nobody wants a Christmas tree problem, but like there, there are other ways to fix it. Um, and we, we eat that. I'm so excited. Um, rare spells, which are specifically treasure, but like you can find variations of spells that do like crazy stuff to them and uh, modify them in very satisfying ways. Nice. Mm. Oh, I'm so excited. I want to ask you now, um, if listeners want to find you, how do they do that? 
Uh, I'm on Twitter at Mike Myler too. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, uh, my name's Mike Myler. Uh, easy to find there. Also, MikeMyler.com, which I unfortunately am not great at uh, updating. I need to do that again soon. Uh, I have a Patreon too, where I put up uh, disturbing stuff like um, <laughs> the Sun Baby uh, Warlock Patreon was the most recent one. If you ever do another disturbing game, I want to play because that <laughs> Winnie the Pooh game you ran was one of the most fun things I've ever done. All oh on the website. God. All on the website. And yeah, that was a really fun game. Is is that <laughs> game posted? Yeah. Uh, the 100 Acre Wood is up on uh, MikeMiler.com oh, right now. Oh, wow. Oh, That's my cool. God. All the material from it is what I used to run the game. Yeah. It was fantastic. There's a corrupted Eureka's Castle as well now. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that is it for our episode. We had a lot of fun talking about um, ability scores, the physical ability scores specifically, and lots of fun tangents. Um, I want to thank you for being on, Mike. Um, if you want to hear more from us, we're going to do a short bonus episode on our Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Um, and that is it. Um, I was Super Vegan Brian. I was joined by Mike Myler. And <laughs> nice. Nice. And thank you. And Toth Pekonk. Oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> oh Jesus. David no. Thibald something something. <sighs> oh my god. Thibault sounds like a condition. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. <sighs> stay awesome. <laughs> Say goodbye, Toth Pekonk. <laughs> Fuck you, Brian. <laughs> Show. Will you be the podcast? Will you be the podcast?